Hi, James. Hi, Gabby. <laughs> so we're trying uh, long distance and prep for a long distance era. Yeah, yeah, we are. So we are, um, we're trying something new. We're trying something really, actually, we're trying something old, but in, in a, a new, new way. way. Yeah. yeah. As we should. Isn't that life? Isn't that a great mantra for 2022? Isn't that really everything, though? You yeah, know? I think I think you're right. I think it really is the infinity mirror. Yeah, everything has already been everything. It just looks. We don't different. want to reinvent the wheel. We already have the wheel. <laughs> we have many wheels. We have too many now. But choice <laughs> is good. We love choice. Um, I was thinking about this quote that I that's in the Essential Eames book that says, "After mm. the age of information, we get the age of choice." Mm. Choices. Mm-hmm. And I was We're like, definitely that's kind in of that now. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Yeah. All these streaming platforms, all these opinions. All these dating apps. Yeah. So many choices. I was against it for a while, and I think we were in a conversation with someone, remember? And they were like, no, more choices is good. And I was like, okay, you're right. I agree it's good, but I also still find it annoying. It's chaotic. Yeah, I'm like, just yeah. put all the movies in the right place. I think it's just not a blanket thing. It's like there should just be one streaming service that has everything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but there should be choices on personal. But we should be able to pick out, like, different detergents. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, things yeah. that affect the body, really, you mm-hmm. know? Totally. Things you can smell and taste and feel on yeah, your skin. <laughs> when it comes down to being charged for choice, that's the thing, is when you're getting charged for choice. Mm-hmm. which is when we have to like buy every single streaming place to see like yeah. elf once yeah charged monetarily or mm-hmm. um charged with charges or charged <laughs> with time <laughs> um what's our plan today we have a fun episode today because we're doing the ever so popular in out list for 2022 james and i haven't read ours to each other that we made specifically for this podcast so we're gonna go like one by one and be like in out and then just discuss each one yeah um i originally saw the in out thing in the click books i uh, yes the click books which it was my favorite part of the book because i love simplicity and i loved that part of the book definitely yeah i think about i know that this was a cut article but i think about you know always patting my face dry to prevent wrinkles Mm -hmm. And I always, 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 always thought about that. And then you showed me the article. And I think of it as a good thing because God knows I wasn't le- reading like Glamour magazine. Well, let's up. share. Well, there was an article that came out in the past few months that basically it was like a cut article. And it was just so, uh, it was so annoying to me. I was one mm-hmm. of those things I just hate. It was like, but it was like this girl was saying that the click books, and if you don't know what the clickbooks are, they were basically like a series of novels about like, it was like four popular girls in New yeah. York. <laughs> well, they're outside of New York. It's like the suburbs of, it's like Connecticut. I think. Okay, cool. Yeah. So they're just, yeah. yeah, they're just like rich girls and it's like stories about them. But And there's I, one girl, Claire, who's not, who's not rich. Yes, she's not yeah. rich. Uh, she comes in to the story and it's kind of like the whole story is like these very materialistic wealthy girls and then this one girl who's kind of just like more of a tomboy more chill ends yeah. up getting the guy 
And anyways, this article was saying that the books were harmful because they made young girls care too much about like their weight and popularity. And I was like, did we read the same book? The the girl yeah. who didn't care about her weight or popularity and ate a bunch of gummy worms got the guy that everyone wanted yeah. and had the most fun. Yeah. And also had the most truthful moments with all the characters. Like there was always yeah. a point where they broke down and told her the truth because she was the yeah. trusted one. It's so silly. <laughs> it's so silly. Like I, I was like, like, what book did you fucking read, girl? No, I know. And it's also like if you read those books and you somehow still found importance in Massey and like <laughs> Claire, because because the entire time you see them as I see them as like fools or like jesters. You know what I mean? Like they totally. They're the archetypes that are acting out like the bad scenarios of what that lifestyle brings you to you know yeah i don't think it was like was it a cut article i believe it was i can't think of the other one that's like the cut but because i'm looking up the cut the click and i can't find the article oh i wonder i'm like did they censor it let's see the click books harmful i'm literally googling the click books harmful (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's a Yahoo that says, who let an 11-year-old read these? Oh, God. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry that some of you, like, didn't get the point. Yeah. <laughs> That's I, why we have choices. It's also it's like, also, doesn't it say more about the person if they attach to, like, the shitty characters? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Why can't I find the article? It's weird that you can't find it. Mm. it, it because I wonder if that means it's gone. <laughs> I'm like thinking of all the possible things that could be called. Who are the click books really for? The cut. Who gets left out of the click? I might turn mm. my internet off. Whatever. Well, if you read the article, you read it. I don't know why I can't find it. I totally read the whole thing and I put it in my story and shared the same sentiment. Is it possible that they took it down? Do they even do that? <laughs> yeah, what if they like got tons of criticism of everyone being like, what about Claire? Also, like, click. you could argue that with, like, even Harry Potter, where it's like, why would you put this boy through magical... <laughs> why would you make people believe... Oh, oh, okay, found it. No, it was New York Times. Even worse. No, no way. <laughs> I think I went too close to the microphone. I almost want to, like, quickly check. Let me quickly check how I sound. All right, things are sounding good. Love it. Okay, so it was a New York Times article, which... Isn't that connected to the cut? I don't Aren't know. Aren't they in the same? I think it is. I think the cut's, like, their little, like... Bad project. Like little sister. Yeah, so it said, How the Clickbooks Taught Me to Hate Other Girls and Myself. This was published by Lena Wilson on October 5th, 2021. Well, Lena Wilson, thank you for letting us all know <laughs> how easily swayed you are. No, I just like, for me, I was like, to me, the books were so obvious. They literally taught me, like, be an underdog. The protagonist is like an underdog outsider. I just don't understand, like... Yeah, totally. And, like, and also the stuff that they deal with, like, everyone does. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, like, maybe not, like, she, money stuff, but, like, body stuff. I mean, I'm just trying to think of a world where, like, you don't see the humanity in Claire and how everyone else is sort of vapid and pointless. Yeah, and you, and there's humanity in everyone. Like, even Massey would slip from her throne all the time. Totally, totally. But, like, I mean, the the performance that she puts on is like completely it's a performance I don't know yeah and she's I just felt like the book was critical like I don't know if that was just me but like I felt like the book was always critical of like their 
like I just felt like when I think of my experience reading the book it would be like these sort of like drawn out slightly suffering moments of all the girls upholding their illusion yeah and they would break and like maybe two girls would have a conversation and they find out Alicia's actually not rich right <laughs> or that Cam the soccer the hot soccer player likes Claire you know because yeah. she's rough yeah whatever but I just thought that was I annoying really and it, read and, them now <laughs> right I wonder how that would be <laughs> um but it just feels yeah and the article's annoying because now anyone who's never read the book thinks that right everyone gets you that know? perspective first it's it is quite annoying I don't know I like this girl's like I asked she says I asked my mother to buy me low calorie foods for breakfast after the books I also don't buy it because it's like you're not even looking at them yeah yeah <laughs> like, like I understand that with like social media of like looking at bodies and comparing but it's like what your imagination is just so <laughs> I don't know I just don't buy it well the one thing I remember is like after that book I got more interested in brands like I was very like mm-hmm. oh, okay brands exist and but that also struck a chord for me because I went to a very wealthy even though it was a public school, it was in a wealthy neighborhood, and all of the people around me were wearing brands. So I felt like it aligned with, like, my real-life thing. So maybe she mm-hmm. had some sort of real-life thing that made her... made that an exaggerated experience for her. Mm-hmm. But do you remember when I found that Ferragamo bag in the trash in Brentwood? Totally. We turquoise. had a whole photo shoot with it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember telling my cousin, who now, like, works for L'Oreal and lives in Manhattan... And I was like, I found this Ferragamo bag. And she was, like, shocked. And it was the best. Like, I, I'll never forget that feeling of being like, yes. Yes. <laughs> In the trash. Yeah. It was really, it was a great bright color. That's pretty crazy. That was crazy. I mean, now I would, I mean, even at the time, I was like, I really do wish this wasn't turquoise. But I'll make it work. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the one that you, like, find in the trash, too. You yeah. know, like, how the sales section has, like, the orange right. one. And you're like, great. <laughs> Love it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the in and out things were great. Yes. So we're and that was a click click invention. Yeah. James and I both made it out of the click alive. Sorry, Lena Wilson. <laughs> that you didn't. Our best wishes to you. Wishing you all the best. Best wishes to you. Um, um but just remember that Claire got the fucking guy. Yeah. <laughs> Does that mean anything? <laughs> and Claire got the POV, which is something. Yeah, she was the, the main the main gal yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, that's so funny. <laughs> so. It's also, I remember talking about it in my story, I'll just say really quick, and somebody was, a lot of people were vibing with me and being like, yeah, I was like on Claire's side, I was, I was a Claire, and it's kind of, they're like, well, the whole role of books is, is you kind of align yourself to different characters, not everyone's having the same experience. Yeah. Um, and so to write that article, yeah, I don't know, it's fine. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, I think maybe if you grew up in an environment where, like, there, but the thing is, I grew up in an environment where there are lots of Masseys. And yeah, I we grew up like, in, like, literally the environment. We were, yeah. like, in L.A., yeah. West Side Massey town. Yeah. Maybe that's it, too, because we actually saw real-life Masseys. Very true. We had to deal with our, our I don't know where. Monsters. I don't know where... It's, I don't know where the author is from, but if she was just visualizing a, a land far away... Yeah. Yeah, because I'd read it and then be like, oh, that's what those people are going through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of bullshit. I even remember being in middle school and looking at the popular kids and being like, that looks like a lot of work. Like, <laughs> I'm tired. I remember just being like, please don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Similar vibes, though, right? Yeah. It's like, just don't even bother. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um. <laughs> All right. So with that being said, <laughs> it's time to present our in and out list. Yes. Um, All right. So do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Uh, I kind of want you to go first. I'm feeling a James first vibe okay. in the studio today. So I will say that these are maybe seem a little more hardcore than I wanted them to be, um, but here mm. we are. <laughs> That's good. I love that. Um, I was trying to think of something fun like, you know, yogurts and, and oatmeal's out, but I couldn't mm-hmm. up until this moment. So I think that's good. I think we need to, yeah, we need things that can trigger us. Okay, so the first one. <laughs> trigger me. <laughs> Trigger me, baby. Um, <laughs> that's so fucked up. Sorry, I'm sure. sorry. Um, the first one is in. Wait, how do you do it? You do in first or out first? I would say because yours are corresponding, Correct, right? Yeah. I think you should say like in and then the corresponding okay, out. Yeah. Or if, that makes yeah. sense. Okay. So in is soft documentary series, and out is reality TV. <laughs> Okay, wow, interesting. Because I All feel right. like... What's a soft documentary? Well, something like, not something like, you know, Inconvenient Truth or <laughs> anything like really crazy, but... I Fahrenheit 9-11? Um, yeah, exactly. Tr- nothing truther. But like something like Eight Days a Week, the Beatles doc, I haven't seen it, but when mm. I went home for Chicago Christmas time, everybody was talking about it and everyone could like mm. really digest it and talk about it um, together and it felt... Like they were expanding on themselves rather than just watching like mm. a reality TV thing and be like, this housewife said this today and she's crazy, you mm. know? Yeah, just like a load of chaos. And it feels like I think that's interesting. You're sort of like connecting with humanity, but what we mm. want, I think, from a reality TV is is something you feel is real, right? Like, mm. but at the end of the day, it just feels like as vapid as anything, but soft docs is like you're just watching people live and it feels sort of like asmr and it's but it's not Mm -hmm. it doesn't drain you like i feel like i don't know if you feel this way but when i watch reality tv it it drains me energetically Mm -hmm. and i think if you can find like a good soft doc then it doesn't it sort of just feels like you're vibing it's also something you and i have talked about many times which is the differences between gossip Mm -hmm. like helpful gossip and toxic gossip and I feel like that really goes with what you're saying there where reality tv kind of inspires people to engage in toxic 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 (laughs) gossip (laughs) now my mouth doesn't even like that word um (laughs) and yeah just and then because what quality gossip is when you kind of look at people's lives for inspiration and comparison and reflection and it's not a place where you say oh this this dumb bitch got dumped or let's shame her for her divorce or let's watch this fight and you know exactly it's yeah so I think that's very in line with uh quality gossip based in human reflection as you said versus you know and also that's probably good for the brain and reality tv at the end of the day is manufactured and while like Mm -hmm. obviously documentaries there's structure and people are editing it it's it's more rooted in in grounded in lived experience whereas like reality Mm -hmm. tv there's there's always a setup yeah, dignified storytelling yeah. in a dog. Well, that's so funny, too, because that's a paradox, because reality TV attempts to make narratives, mm-hmm. and they kind of scrap them together in these sort of cheap ways. And then a doc is like, no, this is a narrative. We're giving it to you. We're not faking it. We know that you love a story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, something that this sort of gets into one of my other ones, but mm-hmm. so I won't fully give it away, but soft documentaries or documentaries in general you have to really spend time with the subject 
And sometimes they mm. don't even work out, but like you, you invest time to see if something can come of it. And I think that there's something really mm. to that rather than reality TV is like we have these seasons and we have to turn out like, a, you know, a mill of some sort of, I don't know, happening. Yeah, it also kind of speaks to some of the best advice. I remember one time making a post that was like, give me your best advice. And someone said, and I think it's pinned, is you always think that you could weave a narrative while something's unfolding, mm. but you can only do it way later. And I even think like soft documentaries, like you said, they play into that way healthier way of living, which is like yeah. not clinging to narrative in the moment and not obsessively trying to define things in the moment. Yeah. But after like, yeah, a huge season and a huge complete story, whereas reality TV is like every episode's trying to grab your attention and say, well, who's the bad guy? Who's the good guy? Like yes. in real time, yeah. you know? And then you look back and it's a whole other story. And it just becomes know? so much more muddled because, yeah, ex- I love that. Yeah, creating a narrative as it's happening doesn't doesn't really do anything justice, do, do an experience justice. So. Yeah, it's like a hamster wheel. And then the story's going to change later when you have all the facts. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's sort of a waste of time. And then it's 2020, babe. Um, right, my first one is way less deep. <laughs> I think I have more fun ones, which is good because then you, you yeah, bring the hardcore. <laughs> um, <laughs> so my first in is wearing the same thing over and over like a cartoon character. Mm-hmm. Out, fast fashion, outfit of the day culture. And what I mean by that is I felt like we've come out of a time where it felt like everyone wanted to just have like a new outfit to post on the gram or to post on TikTok. And I think yeah. fast fashion really peaked, even though the criticism for it is at its highest. Yeah. But it just seems like everyone I followed or even just looking at teens on TikTok is the culture is very much like new outfit, new crop top, new crop thing. Like, yeah, I just got three or like 20 different shirts from this brand and let me try them all on. And what I noticed with that is that if you look at old artists like, you know, Dali or Andy Warhol or like literally so many people, if someone drew a caricature of them right now, you would know exactly who they were because they had the same hairstyle throughout their careers. You know, in Dali's case, same mustache, same kind of outfit. And I think that's so powerful. And if you look at branding as well, if you drew any of these influencers, Mm. I wouldn't know who they were. But if you draw someone who has a consistent aesthetic even if it's just something in their hair or a jacket they always wear, even you, it's like you have a consistency. And I think you and I have always lived this way where yeah. it's like, if I drew you, <laughs> you know, yeah. people would know. But then if I just drew some chicken, like, you know, whatever's trending, it's right. like, what is that? I completely agree. So I think it's, it's almost like the, a weird paradox with branding, yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's like, if you really want to be a brand, it's like, look the same. Absolutely. <laughs> and it also... I mean, talk about unsustainable. It's, the like, environment. it's not even unsustainable in terms of like environment, but it's unsustainable for someone to always have to be like putting something together that's new because mm-hmm. at a certain point, like creativity flowing that way is just going to be like so taxing. Yeah, I don't, totally. Even, you know, you think about like fashion, people who are in the fashion industry, they wear the same simple things all the time. Mm-hmm. And then they're able to like put their creative energy towards actually something else other than like putting themselves in clothes every single day mm-hmm. I think that's very real yeah yeah and I, I want that so bad I want people to be in their like characterness yeah <laughs> you know because then also you get a bunch of people dressing the same as well because we're all kind of getting the same like influx of trends right you know it's like oh this portion of people is now wearing like tie-dye chaos yeah. stuff <laughs> 
and a lot of ties and strings yeah. you know yeah and that's over um but yeah I'm ready for and I think that comes with age too as you start realizing what you really like and then you wear it more frequently absolutely I don't know all right give me your number two okay well my <laughs> I'm gonna switch it up a little bit because it's I feel like they sort of ping off each other but mine is actually cleaning my closet is in mm-hmm. and paring down to the basics and then out is pretending I'll wear the pink jacket <laughs> okay yes that it goes with mine a little bit exactly, too yeah because what happens is people like you and I, who I think really thrive from cartoon character like, mm-hmm. you know, sustainable fits, yes. like, wow, this jacket's been with me for 10 years, energy, we, we can even be sold to the new outfit vibe. Yeah, and I think, um, I like, for the, the pink jacket that I'm thinking of is funny because I've had it for <laughs> so many years. Wait, is it the fluffy one? The fluffy one? one, yeah. But that's a good jacket. It's this is okay. So this is the paradox: is the jacket that I have is really great. It's fluffy. I've had it mm-hmm. truly for so 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 long now, maybe six years if not more. Mm. But the thing is, I just don't know if that part of my life is still gonna happen. It was a very specific mm. era of like going to parties and like wanting wanting to stand out for some maybe mm. to be recognized by like a suitor. <laughs> you know, like it was like a mating jacket. <laughs> <It's> funky. <laughs> It was a mating jacket. I will say it's very unique, beautiful, and vintage. And if you want it out of your sight, my closet right now is the perfect place to store things like that. Yeah. Because, uh, so feel free to bring it over. But I kind of refuse to let you give it away. Okay, Okay, that's fine. Yeah, see, it's like, it's hard because this is the thing is that's hard is a lot of my closet now feels like things from a bygone era. And so I sort of have to figure Mm -hmm. out what I feel I'm that. Re- willing to let go of I totally and what I'm willing that. to keep from that era because they, the future is so unknown now like I don't really all know. my pants from Japan yeah you know what I that mean that ended quickly yeah so like I literally like I think I got these I was obsessed with these pants from this Japanese store that I had to email to get sent to me <laughs> you know the pants and they were just really big like circus style and I just thought for the rest of my life, I'm going to want to look big on bottom and tiny on top. And now I'm like, all I want to wear is like little yoga pants again. Yeah. I don't know why, yeah. but I don't wear those pants anymore. And yeah, I look at those as, as like my, an old time. Yeah. It's funny. But then there are those things that you just would never give up, right? Truly. Uh, yeah. And the thing is, my mom has had stuff since she was, since the 80s. And it's still fun seeing those things. So, but I guess this this thing that is in and out is like, really trying to figure out what I'm willing to like hold on to Mm -hmm. for the duration and maybe the pink jacket actually is that if I don't wear it even if I don't wear it for Mm -hmm. for however long but I don't want to look at my closet and open it up and see ghosts which is what I sort of feel like right now yes 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 (laughs) yes definitely totally yeah I mean when I left and I gave away so much stuff Mm -hmm. that's also how I felt and I think it was like an accumulation of just eras that I never, I don't know. And the, th- the funny thing is I did the same with you. Like I got rid of massive amounts of stuff, but I still feel like I open my closet and don't see the present. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, definitely. And you move fast, you know, you, <laughs> you move quickly with time. I feel like I, you don't dwell. You're not a dweller. I'm not a dweller. I'm like holding on. Yeah. To so I think someone's average like lifespan for a jacket is, is probably cut in half with you. Well, Which that's is a good thing. That's sort of, I've had. But the thing is, the thing is, the things in my closet that I'm looking at, I've had for a fair amount of time. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. 
But I also get a lot well, of things that I think like limbo. I think I'll wear them and then I sort of don't. And now I've gotten to the point where everything is so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if you need a limbo closet, thank you. You know what to do. Thank you. There's a lot of room over here. <laughs> okay, you um, next. Okay, two in long form email pen pals out story reacts slash slash shallow social media communication. Yes. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you have someone who you've been best friends with for a long time, friends with for a long time, or a new friend that you met online, and your main form of keeping up with each other is checking up on each other's stories and reacting with hearts, little comments, or memes, I think it's time to graduate to the long-form email pen pals where, like, every, whatever, three to seven days, you send a long essay about everything that's going on in your life and how you really feel. And I think that's, we all need to start doing that. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I, I like that a lot. I don't have that going currently, but I would prefer that for sure. It just takes, I realized everyone wants to do it. It just takes someone to start because we don't think about it, you know? Yeah. And also it, it helps because if you have friends that are like, that say that they're quote unquote bad at texting, then it's sort of like, it gives them another chance to communicate. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think it's also really great with new friends or like people on the internet you want to get closer to. Yeah. You know, because you're never going to get the full thing. Yeah, because really then you're just one of an audience member and hoping Mm -hmm. that they like pick you out of the crowd. Yeah, Yeah. it's true. Yeah. It's definitely that life hack. All right. What is your (laughs) third? (laughs) Um, Okay. My next one is um, in is reading uh, essay collections and out is reading clickbait articles or like articles fuck yeah like bad art friend or some shit <laughs> <laughs> even though that was one of our best I think that was one of our best analysis it was, it was fantastic however analyses I think that like or like the cut article where it's sort of a viral moment everyone feels like they mm. read something today okay you know, it's true it's, it's true. different yeah. than like reading Joan Didion like I'm reading um, I like took a book from my boyfriend's mom's place of Joan Didion's mm-hmm. essays and I've been reading it for a few months and I just like revisiting the same voice and having that like conversation with the same person for a period of time so you were reading it before she died I was yeah wow were you like oh my god yeah I was I was like okay like this girl by my bed is dead now <laughs> pretty crazy peace out hun peace out babe um um so <laughs> Recipes. That goes. That's like the literary version of your documentary. Yeah, thing. it's. I think a lot of this is sort of along those lines. It's also sort of similar to, rather than doing something which is like story reaction, having like yeah, totally conversation. It's like a d a d cheapening. Yes, it's just better for everyone. It's better for the mind. It's better for connection. Yeah. Um. Totally. Did I take away something? It's funny because there's one that I put, but I didn't. I took away, but I think it kind of goes into this a little bit because I didn't know. Uh, but like the concept of exclusivity, mm. but not in exclusivity as the opposite of inclusivity, yeah. because I think inclusivity means something else now culturally, but exclusivity as the state of being, of kind of being a more localized focused space with specific people. Mm-hmm. You know, not like leaving people out. You know, I, it's funny how I, that's why I, I took it off my list because I was like, well, what's the out for exclusivity? I don't really know. Yeah. Because when I say exclusivity, I mean like 
you know, I'm only reading Joan Didion essays right now, mm-hmm. you know, and then I'm going to go talk to other people who have also, you know, as opposed to, like you said, I'm going to go into the, the, to Twitter or like a news channel right. and hear everybody's reaction to today's news with a bunch of people who I might not ever even totally. get along with or ever want to talk to in my life, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. but I'm glad I can bring that up in the right way. But I took it off my list because I was like, I don't think... I don't know, because I don't think inclusivity is the opposite of exclusivity. I think, anyways, I agree completely. Yeah, no, I get you. It's like a specificity. Um, yeah. Yeah. A more focused tunnel of thought. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Commitment. There you go. Um, okay, my three is basic in, in, is basic simplified health, as in just like, you know, everything we know. Exercise, fruits and veggies, water, straight up, right? Uh-huh. Out is this concept of superfoods and like expensive tonics and this idea that like health is this like unattainable thing that like, because, and that goes with the clickbait thing, which I feel like, wow, we have a theme in our ins and outs, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, anti-clickbait culture, um, (laughs) but clickbait too, with whether you're like, you know, a lifestyle influencer or a media channel, um, there's this pressure to always kind of have this brand new thing. Yeah. And I used to feel so like bogged down by the concept of like health and wellness because I felt like I had to have some like specific amazing plan. And recently I've just been like, get my heart rate up, eat vitamin C as in like eat a fucking orange (laughs) as far as vegetables. It's like, you can literally look at the nutrition facts of vegetables and fruits and literally just eat like spinach with your eggs. (laughs) You know, you don't have to get some like psycho salad that has all these like (laughs) totally seeds and weird stuff like and I just think like that really helped me out um and I feel healthier than ever and also more in control than ever um but it really comes down to like the shit that they told us in the 90s you know what I mean like even exercise is like has become so complicated you know know. like there's so many different things you can do and I think it starts to feel like, oh, this is the better thing when it's really like, oh, these are just other options to get your heart rate up. But to put it simply, it's like, just get your heart rate up, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was actually going to write something very similar, but I couldn't put the put it into words. But I wanted to be like in is whole 30, which is like, I think just eating whole foods. Totally. And then out is like, you know, like you just said, like something like uh, these like manufactured foods. Yeah, yeah, like $20 shot of, like, all this shit. It's, like, just eat an orange if you need vitamin C. Right. Crazy. Um, <laughs> did you know that avocados have more vitamin C than apples do? What? Yeah, apple da- daily value was, like, 15% or something. And then the wow. – I could look specifically. But I looked at it yesterday. An avocado was, like, 25 or 35%. And then three tangerines is your 100% daily value for vitamin C. Wow. Yeah, 100%. Hundo. I also want to tell everyone as far as simple exercise goes is I have um, my dad's really good friends with the handyman in the building and the handyman found a, an exercise bike and gave it to my dad. <laughs> so now we have like an exercise bike just in front of the TV. Oh my God, we both and came into a free exercise bike. Yeah, but I realized like for me, for exercise, I need to just be like something has to be on the TV and I need to mindlessly be doing it. Yeah. And I've been on the exercise bike every day literally because I just put on a show. Yeah. And I don't try to work out. You know what I mean? Like, there's this pressure to work out that's like, okay, I'm going to focus and, like, put on loud music. And, like, I was like, I'm just going to do something I'd normally be sitting for. 
and I've had a lot of luck and I just felt like it was a simplification too mm -hmm. you know it's not like a peloton with like a fucking teacher it's like it just tells me how many miles I did yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I completely agree but yeah simplified health like I'm so tired of it it's like so easy everything that they say it's just easy yeah it's easier than it seems <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Vitamin C is everything. I love that. <laughs> I just want to say, like, I was thinking, like, winter is when the immune system, like, crashes and everyone gets sick. Right. And it's, like, that's also when citrus fruit is in season, which is, like, the highest oh, vitamin God. C content. Yeah. And I was, like, isn't that, like, evidence of God? <laughs> yeah, def or definitely, like, the support of A design. nature. Well, I think God is the design, so evidence of God, which is evidence of design. I think God is nature, so. So we're Same. like a green. Nature is a divine. <laughs> All these words that I'm mean not the same fighting thing, with you. Guys. you. <laughs> we're not arguing about God. <laughs> I'm not here to. No, make I fun. actually do agree with you though. Um, it's just a million words for the same phenomenon. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, vitamin C. Fuck yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so Me you're next. number four. Next. Um, okay, so in is imagining utopia out is imagining dystopia mm, mm. <laughs> because i watched ah! um i watched don't look up over the christmas days oh i wish i watched it i didn't you don't need to really i mean yeah. it's i just want to be able to comment two hours on and 40 minutes of whatever but i <laughs> i didn't not enjoy it there were parts of it that were cool I think, you know, I'm whatever, spoiler alert, but also not. The ending is the world ends. And mm -hmm. while I'm glad that the ending was the world ending for the purpose of the movie, because it was sort of like if it if they had saved the day, it would have been a really cheesy movie, you know? Mm -hmm. I think there's something to like watching a movie, knowing the world is going to end because at the end of the day, the all of our ends are the same. Mm -hmm. We all die. And so... They kept this, like, theme of the movie was them screaming at the television, being like, we're all going to die. Like, don't you understand? And it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, like, we are. It's not surprising. And what is surprising not new. is figuring out how to live in the most, like, beautiful way and the most, like, whole way. The mo I don't know. It's mm -hmm. like that is utopia. It doesn't have, utopia doesn't have to be a societal thing because I think that's way difficult. Mm -hmm. And who knows if that will ever happen. But I'm talking about, like, personal utopia and i'm tired mm -hmm. of like watching these movies that don't have a promise of something at the end because we are all living in reality today like reality mm -hmm. is so real nowadays i don't need i don't need media to tell me that you know does that make sense mm -hmm. and so yeah like i saw save yourselves which is a really interesting take on a apocalypse movie because at the end there is some sort of there is something else that has fantasy and it has uh, redemption, but it's like beautiful and not cheesy. And I highly recommend that movie because even though the whole movie is them escaping an alien invasion, that's sort of like the whole movie. So whatever spoiler, blah, blah, mm. blah. But, but there's at the end, there is something. And I think, and it's very personal, the thing that happens. Mm -hmm. It's not like the entire world is saved, you know? So I just really like, I want more, content i want more media more stories about personal utopia and like what mm -hmm. that means and the reality of that like that's what we need now we don't need more mirrors of like what's what's going on you know 
Yeah, and sometimes when I think of that obsession, I'm like, is it just, like, a collective expression of, like, a personal grievance, which is everyone's afraid of death? Yeah. And then we kind of expand that outside of ourselves to, like, fear of, like, death of the planet or the species or, like, some kind of catastrophe. And it's like, why do I have to take on, like, your collective shit, honestly? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it's a valid fear, but it kind of isn't at the same time. The same way that me constantly calculating my death wouldn't be a valid way to live. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it could happen anyways. Yeah. I feel that. Definitely. It's also just, uh, I don't know. It's like, no matter how you swing it, like, because I feel like the criticism for that is always like, well, it's not reality. Mm. (laughs) And it's like, first off, what is reality? Yeah. It's deeply, every cultural narrative is feeble. Like, if you look at history, everything's constantly shifting. We've only had credit cards for like 40 years. (laughs) (laughs) That blows my mind. (laughs) (laughs) and they like run shit now I don't know like I don't know I just don't I just agree I just I feel like everyone needs to like stop with this like sad story they keep telling over and over and and the end it's like it's just a story even if it comes true it's still a story in the present moment yeah also two things is I saw this one um, thing on Instagram today that was like We've been here for 46 billion years. Let's break that down to 46 years, which means that the human race has been here for four, which means the Industrial Revolution started a minute ago, <laughs> which is crazy, you know, because the Industrial Revolution is minute ago. the result of everything. Yeah. So it's like everything mm-hmm. is, is um, so much smaller than we make it in terms of like the existence of the universe. But, but beyond that, I think something that just bothers me about these movies where like, and this has always sort of been something that I've thought about um, in terms of like cinema or whatever, where there's just like a dark period of cinema where there's just people just die and that's the end of the movie is like death. (laughs) The the thing is that there's lack of imagination there because again, Mm -hmm. like that is reality. We all will die. Like absolutely. We all need to confront (laughs) that. But like, but like imagine something more, like give me more, you know, like, Oh, absolutely. It's harder to think beyond that because that is the ultimate mm. expression of our time here. But that's like, if you're going to tell a story, then I don't know. Just don't waste my time, I guess. <laughs> don't waste my time with your negative. <laughs> it's not even negative. I just think it's boring. It's easy. You know, easy and it's boring. It's boring yeah. and easy. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Yeah. Because, but being negative is easy and boring. Yeah. It's like the most easy and boring bullshit in the world. It's also narcissistic. Like, one of my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite um, quotes from high school was, I love that book, Invisible Monsters mm-hmm. by Chuck Palahniuk. And it's probably a problematic book now. I don't give a fuck. But uh, <laughs> okay, one I said of the parts. baby earlier. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, that book is like, there's a part where with the, the girl comes and she's helping change the other girl's life and she says so much of our problems would be solved if we just stopped treating ourselves like such a precious little prize mm-hmm. and that was the first time and I would go on to hear people say it in many different ways the first time I heard someone say like how kind of like <laughs> like just kind of calling out that position because when you're constantly focused on dystopia and your own victimhood you're made to seen at, be seen as like very like warranted and valid yeah. and that was the first time I saw someone point out well it's also kind of a like 
a trip in like your own importance. Yeah. <laughs> and that helped me personally, like on a personal level, yeah. but I also see it now more than ever where it's like, I don't know, it's almost like a humble brag. Right. <laughs> it's like a weird humble brag. Uh, in is not humble brags, out is humble brags. I'm done with yeah. humble brags. <laughs> Totally. In, is, and it's in like, is like actually treating success or treating your wins as wins out as humble brags. I'm just going to say that. I've, I just made mm-hmm. that up, but I, I came across that recently and I was like, I don't know if I can get yeah. behind on humble brags anymore. Well, we live in like a society of humble brags, I feel like. I mean, I even catch myself doing that of like complaining about like work I have to do. It's work that I like doing. Um And I think it also kind of entangles with the whole like fear of privilege conversation, you know, Mm -hmm. because I think originally the whole privilege thing was this wonderful perception shift of like, yeah, we're all at different levels and you should consider that in all your interactions, whether personal or like institutional, systemic. It's so true. But then it kind of turned into this thing of like a shame for doing well. Mm -hmm. And if you had something good to share or something good that happened in your life, there was always that follow up of like, okay, well, what privilege got here? And I'm like, that's not really the role of that tool yeah you know what I mean it's not to make people fear good things or fear utopia personal utopias or not go after things that they want like it's kind of become warped and I think I don't know I like I don't know totally not humble brag like if you fall for that like get get out of that yeah because (laughs) at a certain point it's like if you're humble bragging and then there's someone who's like actually (laughs) dealing with shit that you're humble bragging about like I don't know then it's just like what do you I don't know it just feels super strange because it's like if you're taking yourself down but then oh I, I don't know how to explain it without whatever I know what you mean yeah. it's kind of, it's just fake it's just bullshit it's, just, it's yeah it's sort of fake and it just it just feels strange it feels very strange yeah deeply estranging. I understand where it comes from but it doesn't okay yeah, yeah. anyway okay <laughs> I don't know where we are now. Uh, was it my turn or yours? It's definitely your turn. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> I was like, was that my point or yours? <laughs> okay, in mystery. Mm. Out, staying relevant slash visible. I also want to say I love this in out exercise because it challenges you to be in a binary and understand if your opposite is actually an opposite and then it actually helps you define your word like I was talking about earlier with the exclusivity thing I was like I don't know what the opposite of what that word means to me is but it's not the dictionary opposite yeah but in this case I was like mystery is like very vast but I feel like I am mentioning that in opposition to a culture of being relevant and visible which also goes into my fashion thing of like always being new and fresh every day. Every day you're like, I'm hot, I'm creative, I have a new outfit. Right. When there's a lot of value in just being like, I'm over here doing my thing, whether you see me or not. Yeah. I live on in your imagination, in your heart. I'm in my cartoon character outfit. Mm-hmm. See you on the other side. See you when I see you. Yeah. You know, and I think that goes with clickbait culture. I think it goes with reality TV culture. I think a lot of the stuff we're saying is weirdly all aligned. (laughs) Um, And I had a moment recently, and this is actually, I have a lot of criticisms for TikTok. um, One of which being I can only last on it for two weeks. Mm -hmm. And usually the reason I end up having to leave is because it's not a platform of mystery. And I love mystery more than everything. I know that you do too. Mm -hmm. And I find mystery to be deeply truthful. I find the vessel of mystery. I find 
the challenge of expressing mystery through the internet to be extremely um, powerful. I actually had a meeting about with about this with somebody. Um, there's going to be a project about this, <laughs> but I don't know when. I don't even know what's going to happen. But um, <laughs> we're both lazy people, me and this person. <laughs> you guys are both like but, no, pinging. We're both distracted back, back and forth. Yeah, <laughs> we're actually embodying it. But the concept of mystery. But TikTok is a place you go, and there's just like there's no mystery and there's some people that can manufacture it and it really bogs you down. I don't even, I can't really define why. And if you have some theories, I'd love to hear it. But TikTok's one of those places where there's no mystery. Instagram, you can still make mystery. You can still, there's a lot of ways to kind of like post in this kind of distant, aloof way. Well, I think Um, mystery comes from, um, from less and TikTok demands more and more and more. Yes. And specificity. Yeah attention you have to be very attention grabbing yeah I think that's very true and uh yeah people always want to see like I don't know I I haven't really been on TikTok but it just feels like you have to be very like in your face and and Instagram because it is like I enjoy the fact that Instagram is in many ways just 2D and not 3D but TikTok Mm -hmm. is like you're dancing your music your face your outfit it's like yeah it's I don't know it's the closest thing to like virtual reality as you can get without actually being there um I yeah, absolutely, absolutely agree with that I think that's very real um it that goes into like one of mine which is in is delayed gratification and out is calling artists content creators mm-hmm. because like when and when an artist is a content creator they're operating on like the instant gratification that comes from posting something and mm-hmm. believing someone's a content creator just means that they're creating something for you to consume right away mm-hmm. and delayed gratification is all about like you were saying like mystery and making things like <laughs> delayed gratification is mystery like embodied basically because mm-hmm. you can't get a like on a mis- on mystery basically mm-hmm. there's secrets and there's the sacred to that so I think that that is people I, th- I, th- I hope will come to expect less from the people that they look as as a creator or like a, an mm-hmm. artist because it, it is uh, unsustainable you know yeah, and I also think it requires on a personal level for the creator themselves to, like, give up their own addiction to the feeling of relevancy and maybe even the money that comes with being constant, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I understood long ago that it's like, okay, yeah, I could become a brand person. Mm-hmm. Like, I easily could. I could get a manager. I could, you know, make my 100K Instagram into, like, a cash cow of me advertising stuff. Mm-hmm. And it would make me money. But then what lifestyle am I getting? Yeah. You know, it's going completely against everything I love. I will never be able to live in mystery. I'll never be able to, like, run off for yeah. weeks at a time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hate objects. I'll be constantly having to... I Excess objects I don't like. I love objects. Um, but that's another thing, too, is I think a lot of, especially content creators and young people who want to be influencers and they're trying to use their platform uh, for a career or some, for some kind of exposure, it's like that's kind of the animal you have to feed yes and you have to be prepared for the time the patience that it takes to create maybe like a more exclusive crew that you know right you know buys a book from you that took two years to write as opposed to 
a bunch of, you know, half invested followers that are, you know, clicking your links and giving you ad money, you know, it's like, it is a personal choice also. Um, and I understand why that system exists because it does produce tangible results. Yeah, absolutely. Accelerationism. Yeah. Mm. That's a big thing. That word keeps coming up. I love that. I haven't heard that before. It's just everything's accelerated. It's also, it's um, that guy that I was obsessed with, the Paul Verillo book on the <laughs> administration of fear. Oh, yeah. Where he says progress. I'll just sum it up real quick. And I think it's a great read. And half of it's like very academic and hard. And then there's these like really major like breakthrough points. Um, but it's called The Administration of Fear by Paul Verillo. It's a semiotext publication. Um, but he's a philosopher of speed. Mm-hmm. And so his whole thesis is that with the internet, with the concept of progress, with the just like very obsessive of evolutionary nature of humans to constantly like make a new thing, uh, we're constantly living in a state of speed or acceleration. Mm-hmm. And the internet accelerates everything tenfold. And we see that all the time. I mean, trends stop before they start, you know, and, um, but his whole theory is that, and Wabi Sabi also agrees with this, is that there's no such thing as progress. Mm -hmm. And that progress is an illusion that we feed ourselves to go faster and keep going and make a better thing. Mm -hmm. And he says progress isn't real. So what ends up happening is we have a population of stressed and anxious people because the result of speed factually is just anxiety and sort of a cheapening of the experience. So I think about that and, and my the immediate metaphor that came in my head to make me understand it is the invention of the, the car fueled by gasoline was progress, mm-hmm. but it also wasn't, you know, because it's detrimental to the planet. Right. It's this hunk of metal. So it's like, what is that progress? It's progress in one aspect of human existence, yeah. but there is no actual timeline, a linear timeline of like all of these better things are happening yeah it's just kind of like we're making new tools for things that just kind of get equalized into whatever (laughs) and the mistake that we make is thinking that progress exists and that we're constantly striving for a better world and you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) when we're kind of just in our infinity mirror carousel of life yeah and I think that also plays into the individual of like we're this idea that somehow one day something will change externally that will finally make us happy Mm -hmm. and studies have shown and personal experience has shown that like your baseline is your baseline no matter what you're always going to come back Mm -hmm. to that there's nothing that's going to really like 100% one day change that you'll I think growth is real personal growth but Mm -hmm. your perception which is more of a story yeah don't you think this just hit me now is that the concept of growth doesn't have anything to do with emotions but only with narrative Mm. because if you like you said your baseline is always your baseline and I had this realization during the pandemic where I realized the happiness that I felt when I got my first apartment which I had been dying for since I was 13 yeah and the happiness I felt during early quarantine stuck at my parents house sharing a bed with my sister mm-hmm. in this tiny apartment yeah. terrible shit on the news but me going for a really good walk yeah and getting a runner's high was the same happiness I was like I'm pretty positive that I've experienced the same maybe 10 or less emotions in my life on circulation mm-hmm. and the only thing making me feel like oh the happiness of getting my own apartment or whatever is bigger is just the illusion of time having a bad feeling right before that good feeling or just it having a different face that's more maybe societally, yeah, you know, prideful. But the feeling itself is different. And then what is growth? It's a reflection on the story of being like, I used to be this character. Now I'm this one. And this I like this character better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
but also feeling better on a day-to-day I mean yeah you know I don't know anyway I'm gonna pause this because the, the it's really long and I should make a second one this distance has been a success and James and I were reflecting over the break uh how there is something to being distant because we get a little bit more serious I think mm-hmm. when we're together it's like giggle town yeah which is great and that's us yeah <laughs> but I do feel like it's almost like a zoom meeting where I feel more like I have like headphones on I'm like strapped in and I'm like I better say better say what I mean absolutely and the delay of the time sort of gives me a chance to say something with more words I guess yeah <laughs> rather I than agree. be like we're ping-ponging great Um, okay so I did mine I think yes five right yeah we're on five yeah no I did the acceleration oh no I said mystery and then you said yours and then okay five it's my five right yeah you're five uh five in romance slash crushes as positive normal and celebrated nice out Fear of love, trying to transcend partnership with independence and infographics. Wow. So I just think we've come out of a time, and I was heavily involved in this, especially in my early 20s, of this like kind of, it almost, I look at it now as like a rebellion against nature and like Mm. a need to transcend nature, which is literally romantic relationships kind of being everything. Yeah. They are everything, no matter who it is. And I I saw this from personal experience of just seeing kind of like, I don't know, the most like independent, like money centric, whether there was an artist or someone in my life. It's like you always just find out that they're in some romantic, deeply like heart wrenching situation or in love with somebody or, trying. you know, I just feel like it's this performance that people have been doing for so long. Like we can transcend partnership or transcend our need for romantic partnership and we can't and we shouldn't be ashamed of that yeah and it's a great thing that should be celebrated and enjoyed and like all things yeah it can hurt your feelings but like honestly so what get it together (laughs) keep loving people yeah keep having sex it's the most human free thing we have it really is yeah and I it means a lot to me I think it's a huge life force and I think even just claiming that can really change your life because I don't know. I just feel like my relationships are so much richer now that I look at them as a place for pleasure and not a testing place, Mm. you know? And I think a lot of these infographics, a lot of this kind of culture of, you know, who's the narcissist? Like, am I going to date an abuser? You know, and all that's possible. Stay vigilant. Yeah. 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 But like, it's pretty obvious when that shit goes down. But most of the time it's like two people fumbling their way into feelings. Um. But when I go into relationships as a source of pleasure, not only am I better at defining when I don't feel that pleasure and like maybe seeing red flags early or being more in tune with how I feel early, I just have such better relationships now, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's because if you go into relationships as like I said, like, oh, these testing grounds of like, who are you? What are you going to do to me? Right. Like that also kind of fucks up your own like radar, right? Yeah. Because you're not, your baseline <laughs> is not pleasure. It's, you know, yeah. this testing area that you can actually almost. never leave. Yeah. And obviously, yeah, it's fair. But it's like, I've had some, I've had some terrible things happen to me that like in relationship land from very young as a teen. And it's like, so fucking what? I'm sorry. If I told those stories, you know, everyone would be like, oh my God, like, mm-hmm. 
you could be an abuse expert, but I'm not. <laughs> I don't want to be that. Yeah. I just want to keep going. Um, I'm really into that right now. I think that's tea. I think we all need to hold each other in our in our crushes, and I think we all need to be okay with how weird it could make us and how irrational yeah. it can make us, and I think that needs to be celebrated. I like that. I think that's cool. I think um, as someone who has gone through, like, different waves of of that ride I think it sort of also has like a an, an aging thing to it when you get to a certain mm. age you can sort of handle partnership and handle love totally. in a way that isn't destructive because at a certain when you're young like almost anything can be destructive like everything's destructive <laughs> when you're young yeah you're so right <laughs> and there's something totally. to that um that we yeah all you have enough experiences through. to kind of be like okay like I always say, like losing my quote unquote soulmate. I can't believe I called him that. Mm-hmm. It was like eye opening because it <laughs> yeah. got me over here where I'm like, wow, the world is full of soulmates. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in a good place romantically. You are. And I love that for you. <laughs> and so are you. I am. Like, I, I just really feel like am. I'm finally myself. And it really took losing people that I thought was myself and whatever. But if I could change anything, yeah, I would be way less serious less testy less obsessed with the destination I saw this really good tweet that was like people are so embarrassed to post their um, partners online because Mm -hmm. we live in a culture that thinks success equals marriage and forever Mm. when like a relationship itself is wonderful yeah (laughs) and so people are not embarrassed of their partners or that they're with someone but that if it ends everyone knows yeah and I was like, that's too bad. But with that being said, I really just, I don't think I'll ever post a partner online again Yeah. <laughs> in think, my situation. No, you shouldn't. Absolutely not. Um. <laughs> I had people, people trying to date <laughs> so crazy. my exes I and don't even <laughs> getting all the tea, which I get it. If I was, I like drama. You're so terrible <laughs> with that. I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, you can date my ex and, and talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I love drama too. Um, no, but I don't want to attract that anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Also, I was I somehow ended up on how did I get on E News? Oh, I think someone posted something and blah blah blah. But it was some website. <laughs> you were on E News. Yeah, and they're reporting on James. Yeah. How did I personally get on the cover? <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. We also like track celebrities' relationships, like Kaya Gerber or whatever. Like, you know. She's not doing anything so other than getting in and out of relationships, and but we, but they're still she's reporting. So young, on it. she's young baby. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, it becomes a societal thing of like, you know, when you're in a relationship, it's valid, and if you're not, it's not, and, and then when you break up, everyone needs to know about it. I don't know. It's it's not your. It's fault. always centered on the woman too. Fault. Like when I see that reality. Uh, with that tabloid stuff I see how we're still so hyper focused on like a woman keeping a man being like a wor- worth thing because if you look at the yeah. narratives of Pete Davidson it's like he got another hottie and with yeah. girls it's like is she gonna keep this one yeah and it's like no Kaya Gerber is just getting a bunch of great dick <laughs> good for yeah. her also like you know not to bring it back but Kim Kardashian and Kanye like Kanye had other girls and then all of a sudden when Kim starts dating like a guy a guy it becomes headline news Kanye weighs in Kanye has a house across the yeah. street from Kim and it's like Kanye was silently dating people in Wyoming like <laughs> yeah and it was like they're like he was seen with a model yeah. like party time yeah and it's like Kim is 
leaving the children. <laughs> right. It's so psycho. Yeah. So with that being said, you guys, cultural narratives are dumb. Do you mm-hmm. have fun? Romance is fuel. That's another thing too is like when I say it goes against nature, it's like for me, I think a lot of the conclusions I come to are when I realize something's like kind of a fact. Yeah. It's like, that's it. And I think for, you know, most of us, it's like we are driven by romance. Having a crush colors our lives. Having our crush like us back is like heaven on earth. You know? Yeah. It is. That's it. Yeah. Sorry, guys. That's how it was made. <laughs> that's how God made us. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. And it does it like if you, something that I'm learning is like being in a long term partnership doesn't make you weak it can it doesn't that doesn't mean anything negative if it's a healthy relationship yeah yeah like 100 it can be sick it can even make you stronger yeah it could be big big team energy i've gotten so much out of my relationships that had nothing to do with the love itself Mm -hmm. experiences you know experiences (laughs) experiences <laughs> totally I know I look back on some and I'm like well at least that was uh got some experiences out of that one that's another fact too is like as women um I made this as a TikTok once where I was like especially for people who liked bad boys or like people in certain industries it's like when I was like 13 14 15 whatever all I wanted to do was be out at 3 a.m mm-hmm. but as a girl I couldn't do that alone or even with my group of girlfriends you get a boyfriend all of a sudden you know you're getting picked up in a car yeah. you know fucking yeah. drinking a beer at 3 a.m in the back of a pickup truck like yeah men <laughs> can be unfortunately right it's sad that we can't just go out into the night but they can really be vessels towards things yeah to things you know yeah whatever <laughs> another day on a man loving pod <laughs> pro man um <laughs> This episode is sponsored by men. <laughs> Another thing is, like, how am I going to hate the thing? <laughs> how um, am I going to hate the thing that pleases me? Okay. Um, what? Oh, I just said. Okay, your turn. Okay. Um, six. Give us a six. Or you've been bouncing around. Don't want to have. Yeah, you. so I'm sorry. I'm just checking my check because I'm checking marks. I'm checking marks. <laughs> um, okay, so in... This is a sort of a personal thing to me, but it sort of speaks to a larger intention but in is falling asleep in the bed and out is falling asleep on the couch (laughs) oh my god really you're such a couch sleeper well basically it got to the point where we were doing it where I was doing it every night and I think there needs to be a balance I don't think I'll I'll still fall asleep on the couch but it's about sleep hygiene really and so Mm. I can't do it every night I get that I gotta purposely get in bed and like basically on there was one night without, like, because when um, Chris was away, I thought, you know, it's sort of weird to fall asleep on the couch by myself. I should re- really fall asleep on the bed. And then I didn't, I'd do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would fall asleep watching TV on the projector and then move into the bed. And then when there was one night, I think right before, maybe right before Christmas, where I slept the whole night on the bed, on the couch. And it wasn't bad, but I woke up being like, you know, this wasn't intentional. Mm-hmm. And and then Christmas Eve to Christmas, I mean, uh, New Year's Eve to New Year's morning, Chris and I fell asleep on the couch and slept the whole night there. And I don't mm-hmm. regret that because it's actually darker on our couch, and so we slept better. Mm-hmm. But the past two nights, we've gone into the bed, and he's fallen asleep, and I've, I've read. But I think there's something to, like, being intentional about going to sleep. 
Oh, and totally. And the hygiene that comes from, you know, not breaking your sleep cycle in the middle of the night. I still love falling asleep on the couch. We'll probably do it a couple times a week, but I'm, it's, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to do it every single night because it was getting a little yeah. chronic. And giving yourself that, like, 20-minute window of, like, I'm going to brush my teeth and, like, poke at myself in the mirror and then yeah. get into bed. Yeah. I agree with that because it is so nice to just – I actually had that two days ago where I was, like, it's been a while since I've just, like, collapsed on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> and it's such a good feeling to, like, let sleep take you, but it does – yeah, it does stop the ritual for sure. Yeah. I feel that. I support that. But I still love my couch. The thing is, we have such a great comfy couch and a great, like, projector. So I have to find a balance of, like, okay, you know, we can enjoy both. Enjoy mm-hmm. both things. So that's, that's that. And that sort of speaks to a larger thing of, like, being a little more intentional with my routines throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Which I am pretty, but I want to be really hard on myself. <laughs> yeah. I remember long ago, this, like, one of the first, like, wellness influencers I ever saw, like, long time ago um was just saying how like making the bed in the morning mm. changed everything for them mm-hmm. like a bed and a shower and I was like that's true yeah that's simple because you can really just drag drag out that sleepy energy like into for weeks yeah <laughs> you wake up one day you don't take care of everything yeah over. I feel I feel a unmade bed is like jarring to me personally <laughs> yeah no for me I could just I really just I don't have that for some reason, (laughs) but it really helps me to make my bed when I do. (laughs) Sometimes I'll forget to make it all the way and it won't even be messy, but it'll just be like slightly unmade and I'll walk in the bedroom and be like, huh, like like someone's standing there. Oh yeah, because you're visual. James and I both found out, this relates to my, to later, but we both in human design, our most strong sense is outer vision Mm -hmm. and that our very kind of specificity for aesthetics even James's reaction to an unmade bed is actually a very profound universal design that we yeah. should focus on in our human design charts to live better lives. Yes. <laughs> okay, my six is a short one, kind of relates to all of this. Six in is focusing on one thing. Mm. Out is multitasking. And then I also kind of added kind of this culture of like the slash bio, you know, mm. the bio that says like model, actress, philosopher, you know. And, like, kind of this <laughs> this internet world where you could be so many things. Yeah. Um, but kind of focusing on one thing, you know, or at least the- themizing yourself. And then also on a yeah. smaller scale, like, literally focusing on one thing. Like, don't watch a movie and be on your phone. Like, watch the movie. Totally. I 100%. I love that. Done. I love that a lot. I think it also, like, thinking about you can do, you can be one thing and then do a lot of things to support that. And that's enough, mm. you know. Cool. Next. Love that. Okay. Um, in is taking walks without my headphones, and out mm. is constantly having something going that's drowning out the world. Mm-hmm. Because I that's related. I like to I like to listen to podcasts throughout the day, and especially when I was alone. <laughs> I like got into this habit of just sort of like starting with one podcast in the day, and then like sort of bouncing around and mm-hmm. then after a while I just got tired of hearing other people talking in my head and I was sort of like especially on walks with Joey like why do I feel the need to like be having like listening to someone else on my walk yeah definitely because there's so much to yeah. take from like looking around and seeing just the world and having like your little mm-hmm. you know your little thoughts and yeah you can catch a lot of things I agree with that for sure 
Yeah, it's like, I guess, ask yourself, like, are you adding to the experience or drowning it out? Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's a meme that I love that's going around that's, like, going on a stupid little walk for my stupid little mental health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that. I think I saw that back in, like, prime quarantine, and I was like, yeah, that that is where it started. It's incredible. (laughs) It is real, though. It's funny where we're at. Yeah, we're back. We are back, circling back. Pendulum always swings yep. back and forth. Um, speaking of the pendulum swinging, in <laughs> confidence in your unique look, out BBL's filler Instagram face. Everyone kind of going after these same yes, beauty trends. Yes, yes, yeah. I just think that's always been true, and I think it's an illusion that it's not. I'm just like, the truth is, everybody likes what they like. Yeah. And there's really random reasons why, you know, mm-hmm. everyone like looks at men and they're like, oh, all they want is like a BBL filler queen. And then you look, their next girlfriend's just a chill homie. And yeah. it's like, okay, maybe that's because you, you know, there's so many reasons people are attracted to what they're attracted to. And it goes all the way back to childhood. It goes back to mother dynamics. Yeah. It goes back to weird mirroring thing. There's so many reasons. But what it comes down to is like, don't fall for the trap that you have to look like, you know, the Instagram face to have the Instagram face life because they're not even having the life that you think they have. Yeah, absolutely. And voluntary medical care, I think is going out of style. I think, I don't think hospitals are like a chill spot anymore. Not that they ever were, but you definitely could go to a hospital and get a surgery and not think about it as much as you do now in terms of like just COVID narratives. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. COVID and like hospitals being overwhelmed. Like they just like, they don't feel, they feel scarce. Yeah. Um, it's just such a blessing to not have to undergo med- any kind of medical trauma if you don't need to. Yeah. In terms of like fillers and BBLs. And also like people are saying the BBL is going out of style and that the Kardashians are reducing their BBLs. Right. And there's so many reasons for that. I think one is the pendulum always swings. Enough people get a BBL. It's not unique and sexy anymore. It's totally the average. And you kind of are like, well, okay. Or you'll also kind of give up. You're like, all right, guys, like, have fun over there. (laughs) Anyone else? (laughs) Or is everyone else? Um, And then the second thing was a lot of the criticism for, uh, like, yeah, appropriation, which I'm still not sure about, you know, because people are always like, Kim was trying to look black, but I'm like, every culture has a fat ass, big titty person. Yeah. You know what I mean? I went to a very diverse high school. It's like we had fat asses and big tits across the board. It was not just black people and latinas it really wasn't um but that's you know a conversation for another yeah that's a whole other like <laughs> that's like an anecdotal i grew up in la i saw everybody right. um so i'm not a complete but i but that was the the widespread criticism um but I, I do wonder i'm like are the people who really really believe that like do they really just see like flat as a board white people and like curvy like black and brown people like is that what they've seen i don't know but I also read those, oh, there's so much layers to this. Okay. <laughs> but the BBL criticism and filler criticism and just like any kind of criticism of like looking more culturally different and like yeah. more Latina, more black. And so you see influencers, I think, genuinely feeling guilty mm-hmm. and embarrassed. So that's a factor of it too, is like that criticism actually did hit these people. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, we'll see where it goes, but I do think, I think the thing that hits the most for me that you said is, like, when enough people do it, it doesn't be, it stops being special, mm-hmm. and it stops, the mystery goes away, 
novelty. Yeah. Everything's novelty, really. Yeah. Especially when it comes to sexual things, I think. Yeah. And it is like if you're doing something to. to feel like better about yourself or your body and then you have attached to that like a guilt of appropriation that like completely takes any fun out of it because any empowerment yeah yeah and you see like any uniqueness yeah right so it does work (laughs) um and I was talking about it with my mom too and I think you and I talked about this in our Kim Kardashian episode where it's like just kind of once again the illusion that like oh your life will be better with like a BBL and fillers and it's like well you also have to be aware of the fact that once you do that and then you attract someone you're attracting someone who like looks for those things Mm -hmm. which is kind of a more like objectifying person you know Mm -hmm. as opposed to a person who and I feel like I can attest to this I feel like the people I date are very I don't know I just don't think I date like objectify like people (laughs) totally um it's a whole different experience you know um and you kind of I think when you present yourself that way you're kind of going into like a realm of like the objectify body people and you're also making like work for yourself because you have to fillers aren't forever bbls aren't forever you have to keep up yeah (laughs) something that's an illusion and what if someone falls for you and then it's like i don't know it just makes the whole thing yeah it's very complicated it's just trouble (laughs) (laughs) uh many reasons um okay cool what's your next one okay um uh act okay so in is actively checking thought patterns um and narratives out is indulging neurosis as a personality trait so like Mm -hmm. i think i'm pretty good at checking my thought patterns but i definitely also have like neuroses and um last year was sort of like playing with that and being like it's sort of just how it is and like Mm -hmm. being jokey about it but then at a certain point I realized I was just indulging them more rather than like like it's like training a dog you know like Mm -hmm. if you play with the dog when they're sort and you pick them up and you coddle them when they're barking it actually encourages them to do that more but if Mm -hmm. you just like are like hey that's not cool stop like Mm -hmm. whatever Agreed. Or, like, reroute it with a treat or something. Mm-hmm. It eliminates the behavior more. So I think... T, um, well said. I... Obviously, it's all real for people, whatever, but it's something that we can control. We can, like, at least monitor our thoughts and be aware of them. Mm-hmm. And I just... While I do a pretty good job of that, I just want to reiterate that for myself, for... And for anyone, if you want to take it, too, if, for the new year. And... Mm-hmm. You know, because the mind is just going to get away from you if you let it, so. The dog thing, that's really interesting, too, because I relate that to my own kind of, like, I even said with the precious little prize thing, it's like, Mm -hmm. what has helped me so much get over things is literally not coddling myself. Yeah. In a culture where I feel like that's the dominant, like, position right now. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, or rerouting the reward or, like, rerouting the thought, doing something, it's like, it's just we're the same as dogs, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I was talking about this with someone, just with people, like, respecting you. Like, it's the same as dogs, too, where, like, dogs don't, just because they love you, that doesn't mean they don't respect, they, just because they love you doesn't mean they respect you. You have to, like, mm. it's separate because dogs don't see those things as the same. So, like, you have to put people, sometimes you have to, like, put people not in their place, but you have to put yourself like at a level of importance so that people see it. 
mm-hmm. because like dogs you don't want to just like hit them but you want to like go like guide them on a leash and like be like yeah. i'm the one walking you yeah, you know? yeah and like if you're interacting with someone and they're not respecting you it doesn't mean that they don't like you it's just that they don't see you as as someone who's taking control of your own life does that mm, make sense that's really interesting actually yeah that's that's so like you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's true I mean I can say as someone on either end of those positions yeah yeah that is true yeah <laughs> That is actually very helpful to the situation. (laughs) Especially with friends. I was talking about this with another friend I have. Um, uh, I'll tell you on separately. It's very personal. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Speaking of respect and love. This um, is your last one, right? Or no, this is your second to last one, right? We have two more. Yeah, I have eight and nine left. Um, In scheming and hiding the body with other women out tattletailing <laughs> and canceling other women mm. uh i think we've been talking about this a lot just yeah. the way that like men literally get away with everything the second a woman does something that's like could be slightly problematic or slightly bad for the environment it's like a witch hunt from other women yeah um I remember my history teacher saying, historically, women can't gather. And I was like, shut the fuck up. But I have to say, you know, I see that a lot in my day-to-day life. I see with the way that women can be very competitive. You and I talked about the reason for that. I think the reason is very innocent, is that we do have less power, less positions. So being more competitive and being even petty with our competition makes sense. But at the same time, like, once you know that... yeah. I don't know. Men get together. They make terrible deals together. They do terrible things. Right. And they make a bunch of money. They go home. And women just all day. It's like, I had to, women are naggy with each other, mm-hmm. you know? And I just want more women in my life and more women with the personality trait of like, okay, do what you got to do. I'm, I'll be over here doing what I do. And if you need help hiding the body. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's funny because when you said hiding the body, I literally thought you meant like, wearing crazier uh bulkier clothes oh um, funny <laughs> yeah no I just meant it as like a, a metaphor for just like doing crimes yes 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 <sighs> yeah 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 that's how I feel it is it's it, like you know there's a lot of fun to be had it is also like uh women like you think about like Democrats are like liberals and liberals are always sort of checking each other like before anything can get off the ground and then it's just like you know <laughs> it's yeah. like the conservatives are just like let's fucking put them in the white house yeah this you know country what I mean? was built on that yeah <laughs> totally I remember seeing criticism for like the BLM movement and all that kind of stuff and they were like why are we being so nitpicky about every decision when capitalism in the US was just made like yeah. a barreling thing on fire and I was like exactly dude it's a very masculine trait but it's a good one and it's an honest one yeah you know yeah I think because also what it is is like I don't think nitpicky uh, I'm trying to put this in a good way but I don't think nitpicking leaves room for mistake which mistakes are human and like sometimes you have to make mistakes and learn and if there's no room for mistakes there's no action Exactly. If you can't make a mistake, you can't take action, you can't grow, you can't learn from that. Mm-hmm. And then when you, you have more, um, more, just more of whatever, whatever resource you're trying to create, then you can like course correct or like, I don't mm-hmm. know, 
change things, but at a, but sometimes you just have to make mistakes. And see the truth. Like, I feel like the biggest thing is, like, if there's no... If you aren't being, like, truthful and authentic, it's, like, nothing happens. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't think anything can happen from being, like, like... I don't know how to explain that. But you know what I mean. I think so, yeah. I think we're, I think we're getting it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And only truth and authenticity can come from a place where you can make quote-unquote mistakes. And also sometimes mistakes aren't mistakes. Sometimes they're part of the path, right? Well, that's the thing is they are. They absolutely They are. always are. They usually they show you something else, you know. Yeah. So we're too busy being like, one strike, you're out. Like, and if you, I up, think dude. not making mistakes is being fearful. Um, mm-hmm. And again, that comes back to like the resources thing. If you're always a fear, uh, a feared, if you're always a fear mm-hmm. of not having a resource or there not being enough to go around or someone taking the spot when there's only a few spots, then you don't want to make a mistake, but then you don't really innovate. So, yes. Yeah. That's like a deeper, it's a deeper thing. But yeah, I just want more, just want some more down bitches, more down baddies. <laughs> you know, it's like we're adults, we're not in kindergarten. You know? Yeah, my parents always said, because I was such a perfectionist, like from day one, basically, they always, mm. they always said to me, get messy and make mistakes. Oh. It was really cute, yeah. Fan vibes. Yeah. That's awesome. And then I was like, Uh-oh. someone leave dishes in the sink? Um. <laughs> get it together okay do you have one more right I do yeah okay so in is letting 22 2022 be her own person and out is uh, rebooting past decades and projecting things onto the new year before it can fully have its own moment yeah well said let her be her because I feel like we're just <laughs> I'm tired of being like, this is the new Y2K or like, you know, or like 2022 was supposed the to be the best 20s. year or like 2022 is actually 2020.2. It's like, baby, like just let. Oh, I hate that. See what I happens. also hate. Oh, I hate that. I think it's the tackiest humor. Yeah. Being like 2020. It's like, okay. Yeah. And it, because it just like creates a, <laughs> it just creates like an aura of dissatisfaction already because you've created expectations and mm-hmm. sometimes you just have to let the year unfold and oftentimes nothing happens until until March and that's okay <laughs> <laughs> that's so true yeah everything's sleepy till March but I'm so tired of this narrative point. of like I feel like 2021 happened and some weird thing happened maybe it was the insurrection or something but everyone was like <laughs> I thought 2021 was going to be different and then it's just like are you kidding me like <laughs> oh was it the yeah maybe it was the insurrection moment. but it's just like that all like these March-ish. fucking memes being like six days in or whatever and it's like I was, I was telling this to Chris and he was like yeah people are just waiting to you know press post on the new meme when something happens oh I know and I just like it's like it's the same thing we were art. talking about earlier though of like creating a narrative while it's happening rather than looking back exactly that's really what been our whole list is really about is mm. like just kind of a return to reality. Yeah, basics too. <laughs> basics, reality, lack of acceleration, just fucking sitting with it. Yeah. Our, whole, <laughs> our thing is really wabi-sabi actually, just at its core. It is very wabi-sabi. It's aligned with nature. Okay, last one. 
finish us off. Last one is really simple. It's in human design, out astrology. <laughs> I babe. knew it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> it was I just like once you read your human design stuff, which literally just tells you a general way in which you're supposed to live. That's really helpful. It's not based in like daily forecasts and like astrology just makes you feel like you're on like a tiny rock that's like floating through space and like Mm -hmm. anything can happen at all times and that you could possibly understand it as opposed to human design which I think a lot like what we're saying is like here's a kind of this is like some direction and then just use that over and over again like this is a sustainable format yeah you know yeah. And astrology is like, here's your like ever changing chart that like actually doesn't really like. Uh, you know and what it is? human design like, is based in the body too. Human design is like when you have a road map and you get the whole map and you get to see it ahead of time. And then mm-hmm. astrology is like ways when it's like turn right in 300 feet. <laughs> yeah, <that>. totally. <laughs> and astrology doesn't involve the body mm-hmm. that much. Whereas like human design, I think it's like, it really does involve the body and. It gives you that map of your body and then it has the ethereal aspect as well yeah that astrology is completely based on but it's like yeah there's and it's like energy based it just makes so much more sense yeah so and it's not restrictive either like it's not like the way that human design is written is like you read about people's charts and you feel like you know more about them you don't feel like oh another virgo for the pile sure that's so true (laughs) for the pile of virgos yeah. Like, when I read human design, it's, like, there's only four things, so it's, like, I'm not, like, here's the manifestor generators in my life. I'm, like, oh, look at their little, their little ways of being. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And it doesn't, you know, human design doesn't, because I've been very critical of astrology, and I'm sure human design can be memified to this point where people get too attached to the labels. Right. But for me, it feels way less, because it's not presented in this binary way you know Mm -hmm. where it's like which signs are the good ones like which are the sexual ones which are the yeah you know yeah it says like hey this is like your kind of vibe and like this is how you know it's good so james is a manifester Mm -hmm. and i am a manifester generator and i got the my human design app which is fucking sick (laughs) and i'm gonna download it gabby did a reading for me and it was really 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 interesting and helpful and like cool um, reading as in I just read what the app says yeah, so you yeah. guys can all get your amazing reading, reading. <laughs> <She read. laughs> your amazing reading yeah. on this site it was really nice James and I both have outer vision dominance which I love for us it do- totally makes sense too um is that our list I think it's our list I feel very I loved I love the places that we met Oh, totally. So yeah. many places. And just yeah. the general vibe of what we want. Yeah. It's just like the pendulum is swinging, you know? It's like we had the 10 years of relevancy and yeah. this kind of, I don't know, accelerated life. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, the old masters? <laughs> no, and it's... We're right. No. <laughs> it's become tiresome, I think. Everyone is tired. Mm-hmm. And easy, like you said. Yeah. It's become easy, tiresome, and boring. Yeah. Oh, it's about to go down. Go deeper. All right, should we close this out? Yeah. I always get hungry after podcasting, but only in my face. Like, I, I just want to eat. Face muscles are tired. No, I think it's like, I think 
it's like your throat chakra gets so activated and yeah. it's like you think you're hungry in your top half but you're not yeah i'm gonna go to the art store today get some fucking Pipe. panels I'm make some, some gesso panels nice I, did. <laughs> I saw this tiktok i wanted to send you that was like this girl like mixing a soup over the stove and it said something like girls need to make soup otherwise we'll die or something that's so funny <laughs> but it was like very very it soup um, is very okay. 2022 any last words you have some stuff going on right oh my god yeah thanks thanks for that um <laughs> yes i do i have today i'm putting it up on instagram today but the um 11 meditation tracks that i made are finally out on spotify and apple mm-hmm. which is super cool and that's two hours of meditations which is wow. kind of crazy um crazy. and they're all basically the meditations that are from the guide that i created and i had enough people reach out and say hey this would be really helpful if you could record them with your voice because I just can't get there from reading that I Mm -hmm. did it and it took me a long time I lost eight of them right before I was set to (laughs) publish them so that set me back but it was a process and I'm really really happy with how they turned out so um, I'll put them in the notes but if you if you have the book, if you don't have the book, they're accessible to you, and I hope you enjoy them. And if you, you know, if you want to just put them on and walk away, then, you know, do that too. By all means. Yeah. <laughs> By all means. By all means. Um, all right, well, all right. thanks for doing this remote thing, and I hope it goes, I think it's, I think it went well. Yeah, especially, like, the internet, it'll all work out. Yeah. We yeah. can keep potting. We can keep going. We can keep going. Keep going. Keep going.